Welcome to Lucky Boys Podcast. I'm Will. I'm Norm. Welcome to another episode. Yeah, man. We're here. We're alive. We're making it through 2020. Yeah, slowly but surely. Now, here's what I find interesting. Like, during this time, there has been more conspiracies running amok than I have ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Where... It, now, when I say conspiracy, I don't mean like a lot of fake news. It's just that we're getting a lot of news left and right. And now it's getting to a point where you can't tell. You, it, it's, it's really difficult to differentiate between what is real and what is not. Only because you're getting it from credible news sources. Yeah. You're, but you're getting two conflicting stories. And, and it's... It's such a challenge to to really comprehend and take it all in because one minute we're being told it's this and then the next moment we're being told it's that. And then you're going, okay, time out. I thought if I did this, I was safe, but now I'm not. Well, you, it, it goes to show that no one knows what's really going on. This is something that's new. It's It might have happened before, but it's like this is a, a, a disease that we really don't know much about. We don't even know the origins of where it came from. It people might say it's come. It comes from like a farmers market, free, uh, wet market in in China, but that's not a, a confirmed case. It's 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 been talked about. Because of all that, people are turning to conspiracies, and and even them, even some of the conspiracy theories out there are sounding quite plausible. Mm-hmm. And and the cons- you know we've watched. I mean, we talked about the conspiracies back in January, February, where you thought I was completely insane, off the rails. Well, at first, it, it, right? it was the conspiracy about um, it coming from a, a, a lab. Wuhan lab. Yeah. Right. But, and that's my point. A lot of the stuff that was conspiracy has now hit mainstream news. Now, I have to ask myself, why is it hitting mainstream news? Are they all battling, battling it out for clicks? Because a lot of it does seem like clickbait at the same time, right? A lot of these mainstream news sources are, are, you know, they have these really captivating titles. And then when you go to click on it, it's really, you begin to read some of it, but it's not conclusive information. But a lot of, depending on who's writing it, they can make it seem like it's, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. and that's what's alarming, is that you're getting someone who doesn't really understand the full picture of what's going on. For example, if you're looking at something that's scientific, or let's just say in this case, a vaccine, and these writers aren't scientists, and they can't really fully comprehend, I think it's one of two things, so they can't really fully comprehend the story and, and what's going on in terms of vaccination, how long does it takes, FDA approval, um, trials, all of that stuff, right? So they just kind of jump that gun. And when you read the article, you're kind of going, uh, what? Right? It's like, okay, it makes it seem like a vaccine is coming at a, to a theater near you. Yeah. You know, it's like that. It's coming very soon. Yeah. Right? And then, but... When you go into the other sources, you're going, wait, they're saying that this is not coming out for like 12 to 18 months. And that's considered fast tracked. 
and it's uh they might not be able to make enough you right know? right but not everyone's going to want to take not it, everyone's going to in all it. fairness and you have to actually different parts of the country actually have to secure the number of vaccines ahead of time like right. i think uh the u.s they they were looking to secure or have secured like 300 million right. uh vaccines right and here's my second point with with the author not understanding what it actually is it could be another end where the author actually does understand have a really good comprehension of the vaccine and what it entails uh in connection with these pharmaceutical companies however they can't write it in that context because their readers won't understand it so they have to put it in lay, layman terms yep. so that the lays can understand it yep. so when so when you put it in those terms, now it's like, okay, you know, they, you're not really getting the full picture as well. So it could be like lost in translation. Like they're, Absolutely. they're getting information like, from the it's scientists. It's like they're speaking another language almost, right. you know, and, 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 and that's what's really difficult because this is something that really needs to be outlined in detailed uh, information where you go, Okay, I understand. This is what needs to be done. This, these are the next steps, and this is why it will work. This is why it won't work. This, these are the pros. These are the cons. These, these are the timeline. This is the timeline. Uh, if everything just hits, and this is the timeline. If everything doesn't, if there are some mm-hmm. setbacks, and this is what they usually do. I haven't seen anyone really break it down like that yet. Yeah, I, I don't think there's uh, one source. Because everyone has their different opinions, right? right? We're talking about mainstream media, CNN, whatever, where it's, whatever it's coming from. They're going to have, they're going to interpret that information differently. Right. And I think there isn't like a specific plan because people really don't know if this, these plans work. Here's the frustration though. There, there's not a credible voice that we all listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there are these tribes that's true. Of voices right. where they go. Some people are going to go, everything that Donald Trump says, I'm riding with. Everything, everything that Dr. Fauci says, right. I'm riding with. Everything that Bill Gates says, I'm riding with it. Even Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon Musk. And that goes to the whole, um, you know, he, uh, oh man, did you, you know, was it last week he, he, he tweeted, right. what does he said? Take the red pill? Yeah, very cryptic. But Take what did you, red what, pill. How, how did you, um, how did you take that that uh, little cryptic message on, on on Twitter? Well, I think it has to do with this frustration with uh, the the closing of the businesses because uh, it has a direct impact on Tesla, right? Mm-hmm. And their factory out in California, with them not allowing him, I think over in uh, Alameda, well, with him not allowing to open his plant to get those cars out there right being built so he doesn't want to delay it further because he feels like okay uh how long are we going to be closed for right right i mean what what are we doing here we're putting a lot of people out of work mm-hmm. right uh you know just the economy at a standstill it's everything's closed for business like what what are we doing here yeah and then you got the other camp you know they're they're saying hey you know what are you doing why are you reopening you know, people are going, you know, we need to stop the infection. So on one end, you know, it's again, it's it's a, it's a tale of two sides, right? You got one, one end going, hey, if you open, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you're, you're going to cause more deaths. And on the other side, it's like, hey, if we remain closed, our businesses and our livelihood, people are going to die there as well, too. Yep. Suicide rates, right? Uh, people not being able to provide and support their families and put food on the table and keep a, sh- a shelter, a roof over their heads. Get that? I, get, I understand the frustration amongst the people the workers and but it's coming from elon musk you know he has a lot of say he has a lot of pull right but also he's a capitalist of course he wants to open up because he he wants to make money you know it's gonna it's gonna damage his company if he doesn't open up sure right he could go into bankruptcy well he was against closing in the first place yeah i mean yeah he he i'm sure i'm sure there's other uh, motivations that he has besides the welfare people right but i think if he was going to do it, he has to do it in a responsible way, you know? I'm sure he is. He's not just yeah. going to have everybody just, you know, stay close with each other mm-hmm. and not have yeah. some type of PPE on. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think he's just going to be irresponsible in that sense. I mean, he is, you know, plans to be present at the day of opening. And he even tweeted like, hey, you know what? I'm opening, guys. You're going to arrest me. Make sure it's me. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty yeah. much what he said. Like, you know, if you're gonna arrest anybody for working out here, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be there. So, you know, do what you will. And then he threatened, kind of in the sideways, like, you know, keep playing with me. I'm gonna move all these jobs down to Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's about right. it's about the dollars. So, I mean, they, like you, like also, I understand. Like, I think people, governments, they're all they're also thinking about how the economy is going to be. In, during this time and afterwards, so that's why what he said was, "It's it's going to hurt if he moves his businesses. the 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 state of California is going to lose a lot of uh, tax dollars." Right. So, yeah. I understand where he's coming from. I think we need to reopen. Mm. I'm going to take a hard but side in stages, on this. Or in stages, absolutely okay. in stages, not just like, "Hey, forget about you know everything open." But I think we need to do do it in stages and see if we have any setbacks mm-hmm. and really compare the numbers like the fatalities, yeah. the hospitalizations, uh, increased testing, you know, mm-hmm. because they have it more available now and they're, and, and a turnaround time is much faster and you know, the, the curve has flattened. So I think just to control, to make it manageable for the hospitals. Because, look, we're not going to get rid of the coronavirus right. 100%. As much as we would love to, that is not happening. Yep. Right? People, you know, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet that there will be another wave. Right? But at the same time, we it's like damn if you do and damn if you don't. So, you know what? Let's reopen these businesses. Let's put people back to work. Right? Let's Because we can't stay closed forever. That's just not... You can't do that. You know, it, it, we, we already caused some irre- irreversible damage to a lot of people's lives in their businesses. Some businesses may never open again. But it's a trickle-down effect, right? Right. If, you're, if, if, uh, if companies are going bankrupt, that's going to cause people to, you know, lose their jobs, can't pay for their mortgage, can't already, pay for their rent. There's rents. already, what, almost 40 million people unemployed? Yeah, that's insane, right? right now that's uh, you know more than the during the great depression i think and if you look at the numbers compared to our last recession mm-hmm. i mean we blow that out the water it's not like you, you you're not going to pay it's just a deferred right uh, payment right plan. but that's my point if the economy remains shut down then you could defer all you want that time is ticking that clock is ticking yeah your time is running out 
you know, and then think about all the other bills that you're accumulating. A lot of people, a lot of Americans, they did a study, have less than $1,000 saved. That's insane. Yeah. They have less than $1,000 saved in their bank account. So what in the world? Are they living by credit? So now they're at a point where they have less than $1,000. They can't pay their bills. They're worrying about putting food on the table. Economy shut down. So it's very challenging to find a job. You have 40 million people out there. So you're going through unemployment. And what are you going to do when that runs out? That's why the government's stepping in, right? They're, they're doing the uh, second round of a stimulus But some package. of it's not even enough. That's Some true. of it's yeah. not even enough, you know, depending on your cost of living. And if you have a family to support, it's not enough. That, yeah. that just, that's just a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. That's just a couple of weeks. That just depends on your whole situation. So, the, you know, the economy has to open back up. You know, we need to create those opportunities. And a lot of those opportunities are, like, like we talked about, it's not going to be there anymore. Yeah. So they're going to have to adjust their game plan. And not not also just as, uh, the companies are adjusting because now they now they have to worry about um, the people. People are not going to flock back out and and patron these businesses. You know, it's it's going to be a slow trickle effect because people are still scared. Right, they're afraid to go out. I mean, some people have anxiety over this. Um, but for for me, like I already have a plan. Like oh, like I want to support these businesses, so I'm definitely gonna go out and, and patron these businesses but I have to be cautious too because I'm not going to a restaurant that's f- crowded you know you heard about uh, oh, some sure. you heard about some bars they're they're opening up and right. they're allowing people to drink on the sidewalk just outside the bar but they're crowded around the, the sidewalk so let me I, tell you something weird. people that even if they have good intentions when they're going out to the bar and they plan they have a good game plan say hey we're going to social distance while we're out there yeah and we're going to do everything right. <laughs> Got that liquid courage. <laughs> yeah. Once once you have a couple of drinks in you yeah. and you meet, you know, some cool people, you have a good, you know, chit chat with them and, and, or you meet someone from the opposite sex and you guys are vibing really well. All that's going out the window. Yeah. Like, like that. That's going straight out the window. Yeah. Because let me tell you, if, if I was out and I'm with my buddies and we're just hanging out. We had this whole social distancing plan. So we have a couple of drinks in us. I could tell you right now, me and my buddies. You're talking. It's getting hot. The mask bro, is like Our arms are going to be around each other. We're going to be singing. We're going to be talking. Oh we're going to be laughing. We're going to be going nuts. I can, I can you know? imagine it and would that's be because like of the alcohol, Patrick's Day. Like you know? That type of hang, you know, chilling. People will sure. just, because the people will be just so, you know, trying to get out there. They're, they're, they have cabin fever for the past three months. Oh, All yeah. that energy needs to be. And then if know, it's nice weather out. Yeah. You know, you just got those summer vibes going. Oh, people are just after a couple of drinks, you you are just going to go, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to live life. I'm riding this happy wave. <laughs> I'll pay for it later. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's like that's what's going on. Yeah. And and I, I can totally get that. So I think a lot of people that has that anxiety, I don't even think they will put themselves in a position like that uh, because of the concern. I don't think people... People really understand. So it's like, it's there's no right way to reopen, I think. But I think in stages, have to. In stages yeah. and responsibility because we just need to open up slowly so that if we need to pivot and take a step back and adjust, then we will. Yeah. Uh, but if, if, it's in a, if it's at a point where we can still manage, then, then that's okay. As long as we're not overwhelmed. That's the key. Is that we're not overwhelmed? Yeah, that was the initial plan. So, right. so that we, 
the lockdown was to alleviate the strain on right. hospitals. Right. So right now in New York City, I think the uh, hospitalizations are um, are under double di- are in double digits. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've talked to some of my friends that work at hospitals, doctors, nurses, mm-hmm. and had a couple of people in the hospitals, and they were like, "No, nah, it's not packed. It's it's definitely getting better." Yeah, they better. were like, "It's it's yeah yeah it's, it's returning slowly." Yeah, they they don't have that like overwhelming pressure that mm-hmm. they that they once had when it started. Right. So, um, but here's, you know, I don't want to downplay this. Let's keep in mind, I'm really concerned just using common sense, just putting one and one together, flu season, when you have COVID-19, because let's face it, guys, it's not going away. Mm. It's not going away, man. So during the flu season, you have COVID, you have a regular cold, you have the whatever, the regular flu, and then you got COVID coming in. I mean, that's a trifecta right there, man. People are going to get nervous. I'm going to get nervous. <laughs> if I have a runny nose or my throat's a little itchy yeah, and it's wintertime, I'm going to start questioning like, holy shit, man, what yeah. the fuck's going on? And then it's going to take 14 days for me to really know. Man, and everyone, everyone, what's their first instinct? Thinking, well, I'm going to get my ass down to the hospital and try to yeah. get this fixed right away. They're going to be nervous. Yeah. So I think this... I'm not sure how we're going to handle this winter. I don't know how the governments are going to handle it, how each city is going to handle it, how each governor, yep. mayor. I have no idea, but holy crap, they're going to need a game plan. You know, But you know what I noticed? I noticed that there are a lot more testing facilities like throughout the city. Yeah. So I think that's definitely going to help. Even like the worry of the second wave, as long as you have the testing, you, you can instantly find out if you have it or not. That really helps. Right, but here's the problem food. is that when everyone finds out that they have it, <laughs> look. It's chaos. It will be chaos. Because, look, and, and that's crazy that I'm saying something like that, right? That sentence within itself sounds crazy, but just keep in mind the way it spreads and how, how quickly it can spread. And, and, and a large amount of people having this and then deciding to make a mad rush to the hospitals and it gets flooded again i mean let's say let and here's my point let's say in the summer everyone has like you know what it's not too bad curves flatten everybody's out and then we start going back to our regular routines we all start clustering up together and then we keep that same energy going into flu season that's a big problem man you know people are just going to keep going hanging out being around each other thinking it's all good Fall season's nice too. It's not too cold yet. And then, bang, just like that, we're going to have a large case. I want the economy to be open. And you know what I'm going to miss most? What? Watching movies, going back to the theater, you know, having that theater experience, that like full sound audio experience that, you know, we enjoy previously. Like I, we miss all the blockbusters, but there's uh there's this new movie coming out from Chris Nolan. It's so mysterious. Like, I don't really know what it's about, but it has something to do with time travel, I believe. And it's called Tenant. Holy shit, dude. Right? I saw the trailer for that. I'm still confused. Oh, <laughs> my God. I, I, I've never been so confused and excited at the same time for a film. First of all, the, 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 the uh, cinematography, again, from coming from him, it's, it's bonkers, right? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about twists and turns. It's like, it's like, if you could take, if you can extrapolate your dreams and the oddness in it and put that into a film. He did it. 
He, he did that with Inception, right? Yeah, yeah, he did it. And he's doing it for Tenet. Yeah. Because just based on the trailer, it looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You can focus on the story. And again, his, his, uh, the score on it, it's like very, his scores for his film is always so dynamic. Mm. For a film like that, it's like, bah! well, at least for the trailer, mm. you know, it's like the really HD sounds, you know, the it hits all the emotions yeah like at the right exact point oh man like it's just the artistry on that is just oh it's it's incredible so i'm really excited to 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 see that as well man that's a that's pretty awesome what do you think it's about just like speculation from the trailer that you saw you know it's i've i've i had that same wonder after you know i had really sit down and think about this and then I went to my little cheat sheet yep. because there's a thing called Google. <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, so I started going online and I've got into like a couple of threads about this. And I'm just like, oh, so some people think it's about him. About Chris Nolan. Yeah, yeah, about directing. And like it was like with Inception, it was, you know, a story about directing actors mm-hmm. in a sideways thing. Like That was a, the sub the subcontext of it. And this oh, okay. one is also... Uh, along that line but it's on the other side of it mm-hmm. um talking about his life so that that's always his subtext i mean it's a really interesting read man just go through it you're going oh shit. i haven't seen that yeah, uh, yeah. that interpretation of 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 his films yeah. because I, I i know that he the first time i saw his, of his the first film that i saw of him was momental and it talked about reverse time the the story was going forward and then there was like the black and white white um, and that's reverse time. So you, it, it kind of at the end, it kind of met together, and then you fully understand the story way at the end of the mm-hmm. of the film. And when I saw that, that was one of the films, first films I I saw in college, and I was like mind blown. Like this guy, how? Oh how, yeah. Why is there? What, how is this filmmaker not known? Until I mean, then he got famous because of Batman, you know. Right. But right. he wasn't known back then. Outside of the film world, he right. was he was an unknown yeah. sorta. You know, you in really the mainstream to... audience, from the, to the mainstream audience, exactly. So, uh, so what did you extrapolate from the trailer? Oh man, I, f- I don't know if, if it's about life or death or afterlife, um, because I think some of the, uh, the comments made in, in the trailer, uh, it made it seem like this guy he came back from the afterlife and he has some sort of power to control time. But I feel that that's just a cop-out way of me interpreting. It has to be some something much deeper, you know. It's not it's not a regular superhero movie. I don't, you know. It's it looks so. <laughs> at first, at first, I thought it was on like some Batman shit. Yeah, you know, because was... everything he does is in real. Like it takes some sort of realism. Right? Yeah, Inter Interstellar. Um, he has a scientist, a consultant that consulted on the film. Yeah, and 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 I. Be- I remember reading that the the only way the scientists would work on Interstellar if everything he uh, portrays in the film is factual in in physics and science he wouldn't work on it unless he he actually said like Christopher Nolan said that okay I won't I won't make anything I won't exaggerate anything everything is based on some sort of fact science scientific fact so this new film. It has to be. It's, uh, this new film is actually consulted by the same sci- um, scientist, okay. science consultant. So it has to be like based on some kind of reality. When is it coming out? 
oh they don't i think they they said Ju- july okay. i believe but Ooh, i don't think man. that's gonna happen yeah you know? yeah because i mean that's a that's a, a film like that is one of those films i feel that you would watch in a theater yeah you know you would really get your money's worth and it's not because like not only because of the cinematography and you're watching on a big screen or 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 the sound and having like the dolby surround sound all set up beautifully you know in the in a movie there not only those two factors but the third factor the energy of the audience mm. there's just something about that watching a, a a really good film with an audience that appreciates it and 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 just going with a ride for everyone you know it's yeah. just like uh, the way i would see is like going on a roller coaster ride you know it's it's pretty cool by yourself yeah but just knowing that there's other people around you that that's have the that same this feeling sharing the same. this ride yeah, yeah. They're sharing the same emotions the feelings yeah that are that just are hearing the sounds the the, la- the laughter the awe the applause the yeah. <gasps> oh shit you know it's just and then just or, or just feeling the energy yeah. of the room. Yeah. There's just something about that that I would pay 20 bucks for a ticket just to watch. That's true. A good film. That's true. I mean, you know, you, you know what film that I actually felt all those emotions? Big Blockbuster, Avengers Endgame. Ooh. That was the film yeah. that I felt connection with everybody in the audience. Hell yeah. It was weird because everyone was cheering. They were crying. They were like so yelling at the screen. So many emotions. Oh, but man. we were doing all in unison. Like that yeah. was so weird to me because yeah. everyone was feeling the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. It was like, it, it was almost like, you know, I, yeah, the Avenger end, Avengers Endgame. It, I felt like I was at like a, a game, you know, like yeah. where, because like oh, it's yeah. taboo to talk in a the theater. Yeah. Right. To make sound noise but with avengers endgame nah man we were rooting cheering there was so many emotions it was like a close uh like a close basketball game a close baseball game you know it was just like oh man we're rooting for the same team (laughs) yeah you know because they were like different teams going at it you know got good guys bad guys and they're all you know going so everybody for the most part in the theaters on the same team and you know it's just oh man that was such that was so much fun yeah and then you know you're there with your friends too and we're like oh it's Oh man, it's it's a good watch, man. That's, uh, yeah, I'm with you there, man. Like uh, I, I'm, this whole quarantine and social distancing. I don't know what it's going to, how it's going to impact watching movies in a theater. Oh, They're going to probably like close off like seats between people, if that's the case. That's yeah, so but everybody is still. But keep in mind, that's not going to do. That's just for. Yeah. That's a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the, everyone's in a closed room. Right. It's circulating the same air. Yeah. So it's not like it's the air's going anywhere but around you, you know, it's you're in the same damn room under the same uh air unit, you know, it's filtering around it's really, and pushing the air around. It's 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 just a peace of mind. It's not like offering a, a any real protection. Right. So if you if you know that it's just a peace of mind and it's not actually going to do much, mm-hmm. then it's not actually a peace of mind. But if if I were to, I don't know, it, it does calm me to, to, to see like, okay, it is, it's a weird feeling because, you know, reality and, and perception are two different things right now in this time period. Because mm. if, I see, if I see like um, a, a crowded uh, room, I'm not going to go walk into that crowded room, but it, it gives me a peace of mind if, okay, just one or two other people are in there, you know, even though if it's a closed room. That's interesting that you brought up reality and perception. Yeah. Uh, it goes back to how we 
opened up the, the, the show today and we were talking about uh, Elon Musk's tweet with red pill, blue pill. Let's just say for a second, for a hot second, that you could um, take a pill. And yeah, the red pill will will help you not in the, not in that deep like a matrix where you find out that you're plugged in and this is just like an avatar and you know you're moving through a simulation, etc. Not like that. Let's just say this is the real deal, Holyfield, right? Your flesh and bone, that's a real thing. But if you take a red pill, you'll be able to see all the truths, which means like your innocence. Mm-hmm will be gone. So if there are such things as UFOs and you wanted the answer to that, boom, you'd have that knowledge, right? If something was a conspiracy and they said, oh, no, it's not, and, and this is the news, and you go, oh, shoot, you're able to see through to the truth. You'll know the truth of everything. Your mm-hmm. innocence is completely gone. Would you take that red pill? That is a profound question. I think... Or would you take the blue pill? I, Continue to live in ignorance and bliss. I don't know if I have the the capacity to take every reality, like everything that's real, in because I always I always want to look at the good in in everything, uh, the posit- the positive, but also the reality of it. It's it's not all positive, and I I think I have that realization, and I I think I'll be okay taking the red pill. You're getting the true taste. You're getting the true um, knowledge of what it took for it to be on the plate. Yeah. Right. And uh, if if you're looking at um, how the world functions, governments, military, uh, um, corporations. Yeah. All of that. You're getting straight to the truth. Not saying it's good or bad, but it's the truth for better or for worse. Right. You will take that red pill. I think I will. I think I will. But my reaction to that will be, I think, based on really emotion. Because um, there was this video that I saw. And I I think that's how I relate the red pill to this Mm -hmm. this video I saw. So it's it's this guy. He's being being interviewed. And he's uh, he's asked a question by the interviewer. If uh, during this time, you know, would you open up even though people will die right and he said like how many lives are you willing to risk to reopen the economy and he said like oh maybe um 70 maybe 80 100 people you know will die and he'll be okay with that you know that that you know cost of life versus you know um cost of not reopening and so and then the interviewer uh brought out all his friends and family and then he saw all his friends and family, and he asked the same question. Now, these people are going to die. These 70 people that you said are expendable, right? He said, these 70 people are 100 people, they're going to die. Now, how um, would you like to change your answer, or would you stick with the same, same answer that you gave? And then he said, I, I want to change my answer now, because now he realizes, in reality, his family could die. Yeah. His friends could die. There, there are faces to that figure. Right, that it's number. not just a st- statistic. Exactly. So I think I, want, I would want to know the truth, but, but for me to react to that truth really depends on who's being affected, right? If it's affecting my friends and family, obviously <clears throat> I'm going to change my decision based on that because I don't want them, you know, 
being affected by this? I think at that level, for most humans, most humans, uh, doesn't matter what age they are, or or how mentally mature they think they are, they will not be able to handle the truth individually. At that most yeah. people at that age, or just you talking about people, most people, any age. I don't care if you're a hundred years old, right? Uh, any age, um, especially if you've been taught that this was your truth your whole life and then to have a 180 worldview to go oh snap saying everything that you believed in is not true anymore mm -hmm. or it's only partially true i think it'll disrupt a, a, a lot of people's lives emotionally i think it'll it'll make them question what in the world i believed in this fully and it's not true And just that individually, that impact that it's going to have. In addition to that, as a society, there is no doubt that we will not be able to handle it. As a society as a whole, I think markets will tumble. Uh, cars will be on fire. People will riot. I believe in that strongly. That if, if the whole world took a red pill, it would be a big problem. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, I think that's why, I, th I think that's, one of the top not the reason but is one of the top reasons uh we don't know everything or we don't have that type of transparency where it's where it's it's controlled because for our own good and that's me looking at the glass half full i know that's a half full take on it just look at any parents and the way they are with their children their their kids they know that There is a lot of things that they need to protect their child from. A lot of information where they need to filter. Like they don't, they don't curse around their children, right? They don't show violence on TV, right? They're not going to show Hannibal Lecter to a child. You know, you're just not, you're not going to watch Saving Private Ryan, right? You're not going to, these are shows you can't let children watch because because it could just damage them mentally, mm -hmm. right? It's just going to accelerate their their growth too fast. So you, you know, you want them to have a happy childhood. I think in a lot of cases, it's it's like that. I think we're not as mature or ready for the truth like, like we think we are, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because I think if we really showed people what the world is really like outside of our bubble, I think people's heads would explode Figurat figuratively. I think people's heads would explode, man. That that kind of makes me think of cults, how cults are, you know, born because people need to f need uh they don't have a f they have a f they don't have a filter on, on certain things, so it's like these these minds are so uh mendable. You know, that's why like these cult leaders can can like come in and say Oh, this is this is what's going to happen. The world's ending, and then all of a sudden they commit suicide. Wait, the, how do you think cults start? Because well, they are very some people, like you said, like a majority of people, they they have uh, they don't they're not strong mentally, and their minds are so malleable. So you have some strong figure that comes in and puts this information in front of them, and causes them to, you know, follow sure. these, these people. Sure, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is education. I think if you don't have the knowledge and there's just that space, that mind space, mm -hmm. and you're looking to fill that void and someone comes in with ultra charisma, 
and is able to make sense of your confusion and fill that space with a lot of stuff that appears on the surface to make a lot of fucking sense, you begin to follow this person religiously. And if they give you a good feeling inside, you start feeling fulfilled, you start getting feelings of purpose, then then everything else is going to follow. You, you're feeling that mind-body connection through this person. But what that person is selling is snake oil, right? Then, yeah, that could be, that could be a big problem. But if you have the education, and you know what signs to look out for, where you can identify when something like that is happening, you go, oh, time out, time out. You know, you could right away, even if you're feeling good, you can go, mm, I'm, I'm going to step back here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step back here. I mean, just to pull it back in, in other terms, like if I'm, if I'm dating someone, you know, she's looking super hot. You know, she's looking super hot and we're just hanging out and and uh, she's saying all the right things, man. But let's just say I've been through that lap already. You know, I could spot a gold digger. I could spot like just something's off, man. You know, everything is checking. Everything like she's saying all the right things. She's looking perfect just the way, you know, she's splitting the bill, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. But I could just... There's something there, you know, maybe it's a micro thing that she did, mm-hmm. you know, just something, something little that she didn't do, or maybe it's something that she didn't say that I'm going, hmm, you know, I'm going to take a step back, you know, I'm going to go, you know what? I see what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys have that. A lot of girls have that too, where they're dating a guy. He's, you know, handsome, charismatic, you know, very nice. He's, he's checking the boxes. He's checking the boxes, man. And, and a girl, <laughs> let's say a girl, she's. She's been around. She's been around the block in, in in a sense where she's dated her her fair share of crappy guys, mm-hmm. um, and where they change up after they get what they want. Mm-hmm. And then you know they'll be able to spot a guy like you know playing those games because you know it's pretty all it's pretty uniform. Yeah, there's a there's a a, a type, right? There's they a recognize type. the type. That's what I'm saying. If you have that education. Or the experience that you've been through it before. Exactly, yeah. you're you're likely not to do it again. Yeah, unless they change the game up. You know where where you're like, oh no, this one's right. I mean, people are very clever nowadays. Yeah. But it, again, up. it goes to to your point though, the malleable here, like where people are just they fall for everything. That's just what I'm saying. You, you, that's how I uh, interpret like what you said before. Is like most people are like that. They have that empty space in their in their head where they have to fill that void versus, you know, so that that happens. Um, and, you know, they, they would take, they wouldn't take the, the red pill. They would take the blue pill. Most people would take the blue pill, blue, blue pill. Yeah. Yo, you know, I've, I've gone and I've went back and forth on that, man. Like I, I've actually like stayed up thinking about this. <laughs> I know it's really weird. <laughs> no, but it's hard. I it's stayed up thinking answer. about it. Because I really, like, my reflexes to go, you know what? Yeah, I want the truth. Tell me the damn truth. I want the red pill. And then I'm going, wait, time out. Time out, man. You might you might see something in your family that you might not like. What if I can't That's handle it? Yeah, exactly. What if I can't handle it? You know, where, where, like, it goes against my integrity, my morals, right? Like, someone I, I'm, that's my close friend, someone I work for, someone I work with. And I'm starting to, like, I'm going, whoa, wait, that's what y'all do? You know, or, or some brand that I like to purchase and endorse. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and, and some director that I like or a film that I like. Now I can't even appreciate that. You said some stupid shit that you don't, you know, you don't you agree with. Or you're racist or you're. Exactly. Uh, so I'm just going, you know, I'm just, it makes me take a step back and go, well, do I really want to know the truth? You know, do I really, really want to know? And part of enjoying the steak is not killing the cow. Hmm. You know, if I have to see and like a cow slaughtered and slaughtered and everything, like if I, I don't, I, I honestly think I'd be a vegetarian. I'd be a hardcore vegan, man. It's like going back to the the story about the guy who saw the like he he really had to think about it when he actually saw faces right to the people right. Like if you saw a face on a cow, you actually see the emotions. You see you see. There. If if I see that cow, see the eyes. if I had to spend like a week with the cow, you know, like and it's frolicking and I'm, you know, and I could see, I get to know the cow and let's say it has a personality and it's smart or like, let's say a pig. They say a pig is, is, is uh, equivalent to a three or four year old child. Mm. And if I see a pig with that type of level of, of intelligence, emotions and a capacity for love, loyalty, all of that stuff. And, and, and just care for one another and just have empathy as well. And I see a lot of good in that pig. Fuck, man. You know, like, that's it. I'm, it's a wrap. I'm going, I'm just, I'm just eating like. Your best friend, bro. I'm eating green stuff all day, yeah. man. Like, I can't, you don't, I can't, I can't do that. There's a lot of emotions involved. So man. that's what I'm saying. So in that sense, I'm already taking the blue pill. Mm. In that sense, well, I'm already so, taking the blue pill. So on man. a scale, like, would you take the red pill or the blue pill? I and, think I think sometimes I want to take the blue. Sometimes I want to take the red. Hmm. You know, and I, I I think we live in that society where most people want to choose what they want to believe in. Some things you want to know the truth, and some things you don't. Man, you really don't. That's interesting you know? to think about. Uh, you, I think you most, choose the blue pill or the red pill based on what you enjoy. Yeah, you know, and what you can handle. I know I can't handle that. Hmm. I can't handle uh, seeing an animal that's like awesome. If it's like jumping in the grass, it's having a good time and it's chilling with its friends or it has little puppies or calves yeah. or piglets, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to like hurt it, man. Yeah. You don't you know want to. I love animals, you know. I don't know. I always saw, I saw myself. hurt it. I always told myself like as long as like you're uh you're using the animal for sustenance and you don't waste I feel like I can I can kill an animal. Yeah. Hey, food. yeah, there's those type like I have a few friends just like that where we talked about this. I've never done it, but and I they, said, they said they well, said a couple of uh, my friends they're hunters, right? Mm-hmm. So they they tell me like they go on they go on hunts and they said hell yeah, they love that shit. You know, but I said that's different. If I had to hunt for an animal, I think I could do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about like if I had to like spend time with it. Live on a farm. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like farmers. Like yeah. I, they. You don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Because they're I so close do with the animals. If I had to take care of this animal, yeah. raise it just so I could slaughter it. Yeah. I, I can't know. do that, man. Like I could hunt an mm-hmm. animal. Down. If I needed to for survival, I could absolutely do that. Right. Um, but to raise something and then slaughter and kill it that's another that's another level man yeah there's so much time invested in that kind of relationship <sighs> that's another level i won't be able to do it I, I i man i can't like even if i like you know one of those things like would you ever questions came up where i was like they're like yo will and you know i i love my dogs 
And they were like, if you were stuck on an island, would you kill your dog? For food. For food. Oh, and I was like, it, is it, and if it was just, I'll say like, if it was me and I had to take care of like, you know, kids or family, I might. Mm. I might. But oh, if it, wait, you're, you're with family. You're not by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if it was just me, it's 100% no. Mm. 100% no. I'm not killing my dog. Like if it dies naturally, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut it up and, and eat it. Yeah. Um, but if it's just me and my dog, I can't do it, man. I can't. Like we're going to go on hunts together. We're going to try to figure this out. You know what I mean? Fish first. I'm gonna be a pescatarian. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm gonna teach myself how to film. I'm gonna do everything but that. And yeah. uh, I may be rumbling, but nah, we're gonna have to try to find food around the island, man. I can't. I can't kill. I'm gonna forage for for leaves and 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 eat bugs before I do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now my dogs start looking at me like I'm something to eat. I'm gonna kill the shit out of it. Like, like That's after, a battle to the after like three or four days of not eating, and my dogs start looking at me going, Rrr. yeah. I'm gonna be like, yo, time out. <laughs> like, hold on, hold as on. a matter of survival, then at that point. at that point, yeah. like, yo, we ain't friends no more. You yeah. trying to kill me? Like, that's a you took you just erased all the loyalty that that's given right. to you, man. Like, once I figure out, once I find out that your loyalty, you don't give a shit anymore, yeah. then hey, hey, all bets are off, man. Now, 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 you're gonna bring out the animal out of me. Mm. You know, it's different, and we're not friends anymore. Like, I could, it's a switch. <laughs> For me, it's a switch. Like. Yeah. If I, I mean, think about it. If someone's trying to kill your ass. Yeah. You know, then you gotta go. Then, then all bets are off. I don't. Wait, know. they won't be like uh, negotiating. Like, hey, no, no, stop, stop. Nah, <laughs> man. <laughs> no, you know why? Because if they try to kill you, uh, if they even thought about that and they really right. try, you know, your dog was yeah, like, yeah. they start growling and barking. It's only you. gonna get hungrier as the day goes by. <laughs> the loyalty is not going yeah. to increase. Yeah. It's going to decrease. Mm. Right. And then, and, and then your dog is not going to get less hungry. Yeah, you know they're gonna increase in hunger, so they're gonna, you know, fuck your ass up. You know, I'm not, and then you're gonna be too weak to fight that. That you know, nah, man, I'm I'm gonna kill it while I'm strong, and then I'm gonna get stronger by you know. know. (laughs) And then you survive. Don't you find it interesting that we have to, in order to survive or have energy, we need to consume other life forms in order to absorb their energy? It's like a vampire, right? Yeah, but we're not sucking blood. We're literally like. Taking the life force of other uh, beings. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could be a human being. I mean, like emotionally, uh, different types of energy, right? But you're talking about um, hunger. You're talking about survival and like trying to survive yeah. that energy. We, just, we have to take life force from, we have to absorb the life force of something else in mm-hmm. order to sustain our life force. Yeah. Throughout our entire lives. There's a, that's that's a natural. I think that's the natural progression of 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 just the of life, the the animal kingdom, you know. Yeah. So it, it's sort of like. Is as, there a living thing that doesn't need to do that? Oh, trees. What do they take? Okay, so they don't. Trees are living uh, things. Interesting. Well, all right. Let's talk yeah. about mammals. There are there are mammals. no mammals that need. I mean, even insects need to kill take life to sustain their own life right yeah yeah right and 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 viruses and and microscopic organisms yeah like paras- they're they're parasites the so. only thing they really don't need to are plants i mean there are some plants that are carnivorous but right Every, flies, everything insects. everything that has some sort of flesh 
mm-hmm. needs to consume more flesh in order to survive. Man, I think plants are very. They they only they take the sun for 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 sustenance and they 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 take water and soil right and nutrients yeah, and they give back yeah and they, they give la- back and they allow earth. and they allow and they create life here's mm-hmm. the thing they create life that consume other lives oh man no I don't I don't think I think I think most animals are like vampires they sucker you know they're life suckers in that sense we all are yeah we all are. I'm just glad we're on top of the food chain <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You know? I mean, like if, if if we were stripped away with all our technology, I don't know we're going to be in the food chain anymore, on top of the food chain. Yeah, we, well, we've always been. We've always been. We've always well, been. Well, the ultimate predator? Let's say like you're, you're... Yeah, during the caveman days? Yeah, yeah. Because we got thumbs and our brains. Right. You know, those two things are huge advantages. Mm-hmm. Like whoever thought that evolution of a thumb and, and our brain, right. you know, just put us, just leveled up compared mm-hmm. to like cavemen... Uh, Neanderthals. But based, but based on what difference. we have, like appendages, and we have our, you know, appendages and everything like that. But we don't have the technology that includes like us being able to make like a club or a spear. But that's the thing like that. because we have a thumb, we can make something like that and mm-hmm. hold on to it. Yeah, that's my point. And because our brains are are like Homo sapiens, and because we're we're built the way we are. We're, we want to explore mm-hmm. and navigate and, and, and go further. You know, that's how we're built differently than, than other um, type of humanoid beings. Mm-hmm. That's how we're able to thrive. So is that human nature to always, like, be, be on the top? Explore. Explore. Conquer. Uh, I mean, it, throughout it, history. Yeah, throughout history. Yeah, it is conquering. Yeah, but I think I would, I would, I think that will eventually be washed out of human nature mm-hmm. uh in terms of conquering i think it will be more just exploration mm-hmm. discovery and exploration but it's um, what what i meant was like more of being like as a human being being number one like striving for the best not just conquer like actually um like uh figured literally conquering mm-hmm. overcoming but like you know being Number one in business, and I see that as a theory. I don't know the yeah. fact because the way we're going now it seems like it's never going to. But I'm I'm going really far out. Like mm-hmm. I'm just looking at how far we've come and we've gotten better. And if we don't kill ourselves, eventually we can level up into a higher civilization. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll continue to evolve. And eventually, that trait won't be useful. I think Mother Nature will go. Okay, this is not useful because we're at a point where we're able to go to other planets mm-hmm. and and occupy that space. So once we get there, I, I just don't see that being a useful trait where we need to continue to conquer each other, mm-hmm. right? And dominate over such a small space. It just seems to me that's where the drive comes from, to dominate. Like, then, then it extends to why, the reasoning why people are exploring new worlds. Right? You know what? I read something so interesting where they gave the reasoning of the whole purpose of why man does everything comes down to us peacocking. So what that means is it all comes down to sex. It all comes down to procreating your seed. It all comes down to attracting other mates, males or females, whatever, right? It, it all comes down to that. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do 
boils down to that reasoning. And if you think about it, you, you go, initially I was like, nah. And then I go, wait, hold on, hold on. Like, why do guys get nice cars for the most part? To attract the opposite sex, right? Right? Yeah. Right? And then you go, okay, so uh, a few of our comedian friends, right, or entertainment friends, like, they don't even like being in the public eye, but then, like, why why are they doing it up so big like that? And they go, yeah. hmm, to attract peacocky. the opposite. Yeah. yeah, peacocky. And then, what, then they go, oh, why do they have all these muscles? Why do you guys got like this amazing house? Hmm. Right? Why do you have that yacht? Why do you have and you start going, Whoa, why do you dress so nice? And and it all comes in. If you keep drilling down, you go, um, you know, and so you go, Ah, I just like to feel good and confident. But then why? You like to feel good and confident. Right? Because you want to attract other people, you worry about what other people think about you. You want to attract a mate, a partner. Mm-hmm. And that's not going, man, shit, this is, I'm like, I'm having a hard time building an argument against this. Mm. Because if you keep drilling down, it keeps coming back down to that. Human beings want to spread their seed. Attracting someone, yeah. a mate. Like, I don't know if it's 100% spreading your seed because like, that's definitely not my motive for everything I do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it is to be social, to not be alone. Maybe I should, I should phrase it better for like, or for me at least, right? What I read, yes, it was to peacock and basically attract Track. a mate. Yeah. But what I like to attribute it to, I, my definition of it is, is, is to not be alone. Because mm. we're all social creatures and it's just, it's innately in us to feel like being part of a tribe. Yeah. You know, we want to have a sense of belonging. Like, don't get me wrong. I love being alone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the the introvert part of me, especially during this shelter-in-place quarantine, the introvert part of me has been, like, really coming out. Where at times I just I just love being by myself. It's awesome. Going on walks by myself or just doing things on my own, having my own thought process in my own space. Um, however... But that's I'm, finite, though. Right. You can't... I have another side of me that's yeah. an extrovert where I just love being around my friends, uh, family, and just... Of big groups and, mm-hmm. and crowds and I just love being around and in bars and, and whatever, you know, games and just hanging out, traveling, meeting new people. Oh, I love all that stuff too. Uh, and I actually, you know, I miss it. I miss it a lot. But, it, you know, it's just interesting that it all comes down to why do we do what we do? What drives us? What drives us? You know, we just, we're constantly in a state of peacocking. <laughs> Or, uh, or at a drive to so we can prepare for that moment mm-hmm. when we can show off our feathers. When I look at what drives me, it's like I want financial freedom. But then when you when you look at it, like why do you want financial freedom? It's like, Drill down. Yeah, you have to you, you know you have to think about like you know are you you trying to you trying to attract maybe like not the um, the opposite sex, but you're attracting you want to attract uh, that energy. You want you want to. You want to start a family. You want to attract that to your life. You know. Right. So some sense of and why you in, in order to start a family, what do you need? You find a mate. <laughs> you find, because you find it a comes mate. back down to it, that. It always comes back to that. that. That's what I'm saying. Like I try to build an argument, and then it just always travels back to that root. Mm-hmm. It always comes back to that as the base. You know, no matter what surface I begin with, eventually it keeps going down. I'm like, damn it, it, it ends up somewhere being the reason because. I want a sense of belonging and I don't want to be alone. Mm. 
That's so true. That's a crazy. That's a crazy realization to come to and go, oh my gosh. So once I figured that out, I'm like, okay, so that helped define a part of me at least. Now I know what's driving it. Yeah. But then you start building other layers and other reasons on top of it. Yeah. And now it's not only that; it's other things as well. Yeah. So that's you know, very helpful because it is. It it, it kind of um, it kind of strips down everything, all the distractions. Because if you know your singular focus is because of that, and that's the reasoning why, then you have that single like onset of that mindset that okay, this is my drive, this is my reason, instead of constantly like thinking about like being distracted by all these different things that might curtail you know your reasoning for doing something that you want to do right and you know that's why they say oh the pursuit of just making money is very hollow you know when you look at that as just a defining reason and that's it but there's a reason why we want all want to make money Mm -hmm. there's a reason why we all want to be financially free you know why we all want to break the chains so to speak speaking of being financially free did you hear about that mega deal with joe rogan who hasn't heard of it? Dude, he's going to be... He basically signed a deal but that But he was will, already rich. Right? I don't want to count another man's chips, but... Yeah, but if you're talking happy about... Happy for him. Yeah, you're talking about like being financially free. He's definitely right. heading towards he, that. But I, that's exactly what I mean, though. Like, isn't it fucking awesome to, to have that freedom and still dig in and still want to be the king of your craft, right? It's, it's not really just about money anymore i mean yes that has a large don't get a twist anyone that says oh money got nothing to do with it i i I don't know then do it for free right but if you're getting paid yeah money has a lot to do with it and how much you get paid that's how many reasons you have you know um but the thing i'm just going holy crap whoever thought that something like like that can be that lucrative but to get paid that much and still want to be the best at it still do it at a high level still have that drive it's not just money it's not just money man there's a there's a passion there's a love for this there's a part of um his identity or anyone that for that matter you know to just continue to operate at a high level and and they have every reason to just retire and just go off into the sunset and they they're still operating whether it's a teacher or professor it's interesting, but what, what we're talking about it through text, right? With in a group text, right? And mm-hmm. we're, we're going, man, this is this is insane. Not not the not the dollar figure, right? Because I, you know, he's worth it. I mean, he's to me, I think he's like at the top of his game. So mm-hmm. um, he's and his influence is worth. It. I mean, if you look at the when the news came out. Uh, the stock went up 10, 11%. And to put it into context, that's in the billions. Right. Right. And his deal was at a hundred million. So, all right. Just, so he was worth every penny. Let's worth every penny. That was good investment by Spotify. But here's the thing, like he, that licensing deal pulls him away from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Not, not his clips will be on YouTube, but his, his, the whole podcast won't. The full episode won't. Mm-hmm. They'll have certain clips that they share. Um, but if you want to watch the whole video, you have to go on Spotify. Yeah. So it makes it interesting for me to wonder, wait, I thought Spotify, like I originally joined Spotify because of the music platform. And then I started listening to Spotify more. I started uh, 
like a 50-50 split between music and podcast. Now, I listen to music during my run, during my, uh, my workouts, but sometimes I would listen during my runs, I would listen to podcasts. And when I'm traveling or commuting, I would say over 50% of the time, I'm, I'm listening to something where I could either gain some value or maybe like a, like a crime podcast or something, like a story while I'm driving. Yeah. So keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, You're also learning something new. You know, something, you know, people so, are talking about that you might have not right. known before. So Spotify seems like it's trending. And if you just look at the actions, they, all of their moves, the big, the big boy moves, I'm talking about nine figure moves, has all been uh, growing their podcast network. Yeah, they've been acquiring a lot of content, similar to how Netflix acquires content um, and creative licenses. Right, um, with the purchase of uh, ring, acquisition of Ringer, mm-hmm. Anchor, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, I mean they're they're growing that. And Joe Rogan, I mean these are all nine figure deals. Yeah, and they're growing. Into, and 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 what I found it striking was that they're going into the video segment. I did not. Know, I mean, I heard about that when the Joe Rogan news popped. Like, wait, you can see video on Spotify now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now it's going okay. You're giving creators or podcasters another form a video to go to besides YouTube. So with Spotify becoming are they coming for YouTube? In some ways I think I think they are. They go right? into that space, right? Cuz let's look at Netflix and Blockbuster. Yep. Right? Before Netflix was like, "Oh, you and before, I mean, for for you young bucks out there, like Netflix you would order the the DVDs mm. and you would mail it and what you want to watch, it wasn't, you know, fully streamable. Yeah. So you would just, and people thought that was um, Revolutionary. Convenient. Yeah. <laughs> that was revolutionary back then. Right. Yeah. You just put it in a mailbox, put it down, yeah. and then just send it off. And then next thing you know, your mailbox, you have a DVD. You're like, oh, I didn't have to go to the store. Yeah. That was cool. And Blockbuster didn't take them seriously. Because they were like, oh, they're not really a competitor. Kind of blew them off. I wonder if we're starting to see the beginning stages of something like that. Mm. Something like that. I'm not saying that extreme where Spotify is going to knock out YouTube. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, because I think the the infrastructure that they're building is not really about narrative content. It's focused solely on podcasting. Right, but so what if Spotify... Just keep in mind, for context, Amazon was only completing, competing with Barnes & Nobles when they first came out. Yeah. It, the, Amazon was a, was a bookstore. That's it. They were a bookstore. They started selling books online. Mm. That was it. That was Amazon. They were known for selling books. Spotify is known for music streaming. Yep. Now they're known, somewhat known, for podcasting. You know, where a lot of people are going to uh, that website for or, or that app to listen to podcasts. They own like forty percent of the market share. For podcasts, right, and that's only going to grow. Yeah, they're, they're. I think they're going to be the big players here. And now they're they're doing they're doing making Spotify is making a lot of smart moves, mm-hmm. a lot of smart moves in, in terms of they're making a big bet into the future of podcasting. Mm-hmm. They're a huge bet, and and now they're going to put video on it. I'm, I'm really curious to see depending on how they roll it out and how it looks like and how the how it uh, the interface is and 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 how easy it is for people to just watch video after video after video and stay on that platform if they do it in a way where it keeps you on their platform for a long time holy cow i think i think we can start seeing 
a lot of YouTube's creators lean into Spotify. I do too. Like in terms of podcasting, but then I, you, there will be a place for YouTube. Definitely. They have the short films, uh, short segments, but then podcasting, if you have another player and, and it's easier for, for me, I think uh, it's an easier platform to use for, for just listening to music and, and, and podcasts. Like if you're, you're traveling on the road, like what are you going to use? YouTube or, or Spotify? Spotify. Spotify. So they, they already know that they have a certain segment of the population that, they're fo- that are focused and they, they, they know that they're going to be used for like road trips and stuff like that. So they already have um, a certain demographic that they know that use the platform. So they're definitely going to cut into YouTube, but YouTube will still exist. I think they would exist, but I, will, I wouldn't say that it's far-fetched that Spotify will continue to dig deeper and deeper into their market share. Mm. I mean, you have to go to where the business is at. And right now, YouTube's a big boys. Yeah. They have the most to lose in terms of market share. Mm-hmm. And Spotify has the most to gain by going into their segment. You know, they have to look into what they are not doing and disrupt it. Yeah. You know, they have to create, they have to look at what they're not doing or look at what they are doing, but make it better at another level to it. And I think, they are doing that on the podcast end. And if they're able to master that and gain a, a, a solid foundation where YouTube can't really catch up mm-hmm. or any other player in that market segment, yep. then I think the next move, the next move will be to continue to, to go into whatever else that YouTube has. And I, build, because look, if they're building a video, a, a video distribution on their app or website, they're going to have to continue to expand on that. I don't, I don't see mm-hmm. why they wouldn't continue to capitalize on it and have people go to Spotify to look up something from their favorite content creators, makeup tutorials. What if they started doing that? How-to videos, how to fix your car, how to do an oil change. I, what, what happens if Spotify just decides to take the top content creators? That's why I think, I think it's going to be great for content creators because... I think these these platforms they're gonna look for exclusive deals, be it you know purchasing um, their content or licensing their content, um, or buying them right out. I think it's great for co- uh, content creators. It's just that they have to be careful because you know usually com- big, com- big big companies they want to come in and take your intellectual property. And so what what's crazy about Joe Rogan's deal? It's not he's not Spotify is not his boss. He's his own boss. He's the creative controller over his content right, he's just licensing licensing it. so basically it, it works like this if you're not sure what licensing is is uh if you look at let's just say um disney mm-hmm. and they wanted to license out uh the mickey mouse uh, uh pictured brand or whatever logo and, and if they wanted to put mickey mouse on a t-shirt on nike on a nike shoe or they wanted to put it on a hat from new era Right, uh, or, or on your favorite uh, designer jeans, they would have to license that from Disney. Mm-hmm. Nikki, uh, Disney still owns Mickey. Right. But uh, those other companies are allowed to use that logo mm-hmm. uh, for th- or that print for that T-shirt design or whatever. Um, but they have to pay Disney mm-hmm. for that licensing. So that's how it works. So in a sense, like 
to connect it back to Joe Rogan, he's still going to do the podcast uh, how he wants to. Uh, but he's going to l- license the exclusive rights uh, to Spotify only mm. in that deal uh, for the full podcast, the the full uh, episode. So really interesting, man. What I f- do find more interesting is if Apple came in and said, hey, Spotify, we'd like to buy you. Well, th- that's the thing. I think um, how I mentioned like con- this is going to be great for content creators is because all these different platforms, they're going to be vying for exclusive content from creators because if spotify can come in and snatch up an exclusive deal with joe rogan you don't you that's don't, a game changer that's a game changer and you don't think they'll be continuing to do that i think they're going to do that for the top tier right. a-list uh content creators mm-hmm. i don't think i would be surprised if they fought over b and c lists mm-hmm. unless they're making an investment like it would be interesting right if you look at you know how like college players they're not mm. really professionals yet and they're kind of so like nike reebok adidas whoever right yeah. um uh these brands and even the nba they make a like a risk where they're they're going to draft them in a, in a top five or top five pick or they or they give them the deal before they sign uh into the pros yeah before they blow up i wonder if that would ever be prevalent but in, in the content creating world. So if they see somebody and they go, holy crap, these, you know, this show right here, that's a great concept. Oh, that's a great TV personality. I want to scoop these guys up. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. resting in, in their, in their, like in the beginning of their, uh, yeah, they're in come the, up. Yeah. They're in a come up. They're still young and they're basically pre rookies, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going, you know, I'm gonna jump on these guys before anyone else takes them. You know, Joe Rogan is not like, he's not the, He's one of the top podcasts, but mm-hmm. he's like not number one. Oh, he's not? No. He's uh the number one podcast right now um is called um Call Me Daddy. But he's two two girls and Barstool, mm-hmm. um, the media company, they picked him up when they had forty like forty five thousand subscribers. Very little. Oh, wow. Now they're so that's in the exactly middle. what I'm talking about. Right, exactly. So they invested into a small fledgling uh podcasters, a podcast, and they developed them. I would say forty five thousand, like a medium, yeah. compared to we're talking about top tier, right? You're okay. talking about Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe Rogan, you know, at forty five thousand, that's nothing, right? Yeah, forty five thousand. Yeah. But I'm saying like there are media companies that are looking for these uh, fledgling podcast uh, media personalities because but does they know Barstool own everything they do. Oh, this is an interesting thing because they they bought they bought them when they were. Like basically nobodies. Mm-hmm. So they they owned the entire brand, the IP, everything. Oh man, they signed that rookie deal. They signed their basically, yeah, that, they, the rookie ooh. deal. Yeah, they signed their life away basically. Ooh, you know. But th- that's the thing. Like, how would you know at that time, at that point, you know? F that, <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> but no, you man. you have to really believe in your brand. That's Hell yeah, no, man. That's crazy. I would never. Um, not even that. Just because, just my personality, right. I would never give away my whole. You don't want to give a lopsided deal. I don't want you know give away. Not even that. I just don't want like if you look at look look at the music industry. Any music artist that started off, and they gave a lot of their um, creative control away, or let's just say uh, they signed an exclusive with a certain label, 
they have to be with them for like what five albums before they can go off their own and then they don't even own a lot of it they're having all these legal issues where they want to own their royalties and their you know they have to they have to ask the label for permission for their own music that they created and i get it the label is what got them going and got them started but i just and gave them that platform but that's old school kind of like back in the day you know i don't know if you need the machine like you used to i mean it's the machine is still amazing having that power and that that reach reach and that backing yeah it's super powerful when you can hit radio stations up and and all of these uh top tier a-list uh interviewers for an interview and every every, and they could push you on and they have you collaborate with also you know other a-listers on on their squad however I'm saying it's not impossible where you could do something independent and become mm-hmm. someone. I mean, Joe Rogan's a perfect proof of that. You you may need to exercise a lot more patience mm-hmm. and self-belief. But hey, if you love what you're doing, you know, and, and you want to continue to do it and, and be your own boss, then you, that's what you've got to do. Yeah, the world's changing. You know, we have these all these big deals happening. And one of the big deals that occurred recently... The Bitcoin ha- happening. I thought I was going <laughs> to... Or not so big deal. Well, I thought I was going to bank big because I have a little Bitcoin in my stash. You know, not a big investment, but a little, you know? And I thought I was going to be like did a thousand really, year. Did, did, you, <laughs> so. did you really think that Bitcoin would have... The happening would have really like, I honestly turned so. that hard? Yeah, really? I honestly thought so because what? The happening is supposed to be limiting the amount Here's, of Bitcoin out in circulation? And it did. It did, but... Yeah. Um, here's why I didn't think it was going to happen because it was so strongly advertised. Oh, that's why when I see a strong advertisement from the media or people in general, that means that their bags are full. They're already in it. It's a, it's like a, like a, like a pyramid scheme. Mm. You know, I'm telling you to join this new scheme and put your money into this and I'm not calling Bitcoin a pyramid scheme, mm. but I'm just saying, like, in, whether you own stocks or whatever, you're not going to give a stock tip to someone if you don't own that stock for the most part, right? It just just doesn't really make sense, mm-hmm. right? You're talking about the big players, the, the whales. Yeah, or not even, yeah, because all the, the whales, they got their bags full. So yeah. they're, they got in at a lower price than you. Yeah, but that, what I thought you know with all that marketing all that all that um media surrounding it happening i thought more people would actually jump on the they did kind of bandwagon and that and price invest. was already baked in that's my point so many people purchased and causing the rise because if you look on the way to the happening mm. before the actual happening of bitcoin the price rose dramatically it was down like four or five thousand dollars for each bitcoin mm-hmm. and by the time it occurred the happening, I think it was close to nine thousand or close to ten thousand. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think ten thousand. So with Bitcoin happening, um, a lot of people thought that it would went to twenty thousand, right, to pre record highs, right. And I just didn't see it like that. I I thought that the people that were going to buy has already bought, and you're going to get a lot of these stragglers left holding the bag because as soon as the Think about it. As soon as if I bought at five thousand, and I convinced everybody else to buy 
on the way up to 10,000. I already made 100% profit. Yeah. Now, I'm worried about the other guys next to me that's going to sell to bring that price down. So I'm going, hold on. You guys, we all agree to sell. Or I, I know your game. Or everybody can spot the fool. And we all know the game. So we're going, no, we're all going to, we're going to sell. The mm. price is going to drop. So that's, it's classic. It's a classic play. So, and, and then they all sell. Then, and the, the, this is if you're in for the short term. You're, you know, if you're in for the long term, then you, this doesn't really apply. It doesn't, you're, you're always buying. Every drop, every chance, every paycheck, you're using a percentage to buy. And I get it. You're buying your way down. You're buying your way up. Doesn't matter because you're gonna you're averaging down, or whatever you're doing, right? Whatever that strategy is. But whatever it is is long term. Doesn't apply. But I'm talking about the short term people that's going in and out, in and out. Yeah, you get FOMO. You buy your way in, and you know you buy, make an emotional purchase, and then everybody that's has a game plan in place logically, they sell. They were like, all right, I'm fine with making 100% profit that's a in, in that short amount of time in two months that's a great great ROI yeah I'm letting this puppy go mm-hmm. and as soon as it drops back down rinse and repeat that's like the it wasn't the original OG Satoshi he moved uh, he moved about Bitcoin. 40 to 50 bitcoins yeah I think it was equating to almost like 400 500 thousand dollars yeah at the time of movement they found like the old some old blocks Mm-hmm. that move and they were it was rumored oh so it wasn't it rumor. wasn't uh they didn't identify it was exact you know it was satoshi who there's no absolute proof mm-hmm. but when they look at it they could say they could see that it was some old old bitcoin or old, old block of yeah it's old bitcoin og yeah. bitcoin oh, so um and and uh yeah about four hundred thousand dollars worth moved and to another wallet so they were like hold on what's mm-hmm. going on so because of that move and you can see how fragile the ecosystem is, right? Because of that move, a lot of people was like, oh, oh, oh what's this? they started selling. Yeah. So it, it made the price go down about 10% or so, but it's it's right back up. Yeah. As of today, it's back up over 9,000. Mm. I think 91, 9,200. I did see it go to 10,000. I was like, oh my God, yes, this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then I saw like the dip and then the rest of the, the, the cryptocurrencies started following suit, suit. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. It's so odd how, like, everything's kind of coupled together, mm. right? When Bitcoin rises, so does everything else. Yeah. When Bitcoin drops, so does everything else. That's it, the granddaddy, you know? It, it's like it, the U.S. dollar. It's tied to everything, like, in, you know, fiat currency. Right. You know, if the, the dollar goes down. So it makes me think, like, is it because you use Bitcoin to buy all the other altcoins? <laughs> like, what's the reason? Like, how does that? Mm-hmm. I think it's just the ecosystem. Right, the cryptocurrency ecosystem. So whether you even shit coins, you know, sorry mm-hmm. for my French, but like, you know, it, it's it moves up and down with Bitcoin. Yeah, you know? it it's just the I think it just follows the cryptocurrency ecosystem that and everything is tied to Bitcoin because when you do make purchases um, on exchanges, you have to exchange Bitcoin for other coins. Um, I think that was in the beginning. That was how it was. Right. Right, you you need, yeah, you need Bitcoin if you wanted to buy other Ethereum. Or, yeah. Well, actually, no, Ethereum you you could have bought straight out from a, a lot of ex- exchanges. It was very popular. Mm. Depending on which exchange right. that you go to, yeah, right, and which country, mm-hmm. yeah. So your your prediction? What do you think Bitcoin is going to be by the end of the year, twenty twenty? Crazy twenty twenty. You know what? I I actually honestly thought because of what was happening in the economy. And um, with the pandemic, I thought 
crypt, um, crypt digital currency was going to blow up. Mm. But it, it didn't really, you know, it didn't really happen. I actually thought the opposite. Really? It's I think that if the economy tanks, so will Bitcoin. Mm. Think about it. No one's working. Yeah, I think the, I thought I thought the U.S. dollar was going to be affected more, and then digital currency will overtake. I think that's. I think the only way that can happen is if people deem the U.S. dollar as it, the almighty USD is not so almighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that it's just it's worthless. And, and and you know, there's people. You know, I'm not saying whether it is or isn't, but what I am saying is that people have that, if the masses have that general knowledge where they lose faith in the U.S. dollar, where they're going, it's not as strong as we thought it was, I think that's when a lot of people will start flocking over to Bitcoin. Mm. So I think we're really far away from that, really far. And I think even if we were close to something like that, they would immediately, immediately put laws into place making it very difficult to transact in any cryptocurrency mm-hmm. that's not uh, regulated. Well, outside of the U.S., it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty usable from what I've read, like in, in places that don't have a lot of financial regulations. Like in the U.S., there's, there's plenty. Right, but what I'm talking about U.S. in general, like, yeah. I mean, I think U.S. is a big player. You yeah. need U.S. to be along. You know, like we can't just ignore... Something going, oh, other countries are cool with it, F-U-S. Like, the truth is, say that all you want to make yourself feel better, but U.S. are a major player. Mm. Major, but just like China is a major player, Yeah. right? U.S. is also a major player. If China adopts cryptocurrencies? They are. Yeah, if they, they are. If, they created their own, it's called like uh, E-U-A-N. Oh, okay. They're moving towards that, where they're, uh, I mean, they're ahead of, a lot of countries in the way they yep. uh, settle payments. Yeah. It was really fast. Everything's done through an app. In terms of being a cashless society, mm-hmm. China's ahead of the, ahead oh, of the yeah. game there. WeChat is huge. I mean, they, Everyone they, uses WeChat to pay for everything. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think eventually, I mean, we're laggards in that sense. Mm-hmm. But it were, I mean, I think with this whole COVID-19, it's, it, it accelerated us a few years into the future, mm-hmm. uh, digitally especially. So I think... I don't know where Bitcoin is going to be in all this. I, I, I don't know what place it will have. But I do think that there will be uh, a move into some form of, of uh, electronic currency. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will be Bitcoin or Ethereum or Ripple or XRP for that matter. But... Um, I mean, look at China. It has an EU bond. But think about China. They seem okay with Bitcoin. That's what's also very interesting where they said you're allowed to transact in Bitcoin. That's the thing. I think uh, Bitcoin will They act, haven't outlawed it. Right. I think Bitcoin will act how the dollar was first linked to the to gold. I think Bitcoin is going to be that digital gold and every other uh, cryptocurrency will be linked to Bitcoin. So unless they, they kind of detach it. And then, unless they detach it, and they say like, okay, we don't, we don't, we don't have these cryptocurrencies being backed by an actual asset, right? So that's how I think. Well, China's not backing their EU yuan with to Bitcoin. No. Okay. No. Right. Right now, as of right now, it is not. Mm. 
So I I think I don't know what they're gonna back it, but there was rumors that I think they're gonna back it to they might back it to their regular yuan. Okay. Which is supposedly I think backed by gold. That's interesting. Or the fiat. I think most fiat has to be backed by some type of um well, the U- commodity. Well, the US dollar was, hasn't been backed by an actual physical gold for for years now. For 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 decades. So I mean that's why the US you know, the US government can print as much as much uh But wouldn't that depreciate cash. the value of yeah, the dollar? It would it would inflate everything. That's why that's why there's 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 so much talk about inflation right now because the US is pumping out more more money, fiat money, to stimulate the economy. So that's something we have to worry about. How do you feel about UBI? UBI Because essentially they would at, if it's keeps going the way it is right now, yeah, uh, they're going to have to keep printing money in order to give people universal basic income. It's not going through uh, like like uh, as of right now, Andrew Yang's plan where he's saying add tax an additional tech. yeah yeah add additional value added tax on on tech companies mm. that are profiting um, off of off of this. So they are as of right now all of the stimulus mm. that's been given or any talks of ubi it looks like it's going to have to come from the fed printing money that would suck because if you do ubi right now and not do it correctly without a plan like let's say andrew yang's plan but i'm not saying his plan is perfect i'm just saying that he had an idea to back ubi with you know other forms of funding right mm-hmm. so if you're you're just printing money just to print money that's not be, that's not a good thing for the economy. It's going to tank. It's going to do more harm than good, basically. But I do believe that we should have some form of UBI in, in this scenario right now. But the process has to be the right process. Do you think what a thousand dollars a month? Oh yeah, definitely help people. You know, it might not help people who are, you know, right now, you know, people who are certain tax bracket. But I'm talking about people who. You know, they have their families. They they work. They're making minimum wage. That's gonna really help those pe- you know, people um, prolong and be and stabilize their their household, right? So, I mean, a thousand dollars a month is good, but I think fifteen hundred dollars a month would be better. <laughs> yeah, but where are we gonna get all this magic money? That's the thing. Like, what I'm saying, you you have to have that. I, first of all, I don't think I don't think they're gonna print money a thousand fifteen hundred whatever it is every every month mm. i don't see that happening that, that won't, yeah, that won't work i i don't see that happening yeah uh i just i don't see that with i just don't see it happening uh, you know, until they come up with a plan or i mean if we look at our presidential candidates uh that's going to be coming up in the next election i mean it's going to be trump versus biden yeah and the way it appears that neither of them are going to be pushing towards a UBI as of now. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. So I don't think that's going to happen. But do I agree with it? Absolutely. I love Martin Luther King, Andrew Yang, yeah. you know, advocacy for, for this idea. I think it's a great idea. Uh, we just need to figure out where the money is going to come from. Yeah. I think that's that's the main thing. We need to figure out where it needs, where I think it'll help so many people. You know what I mean? There's like... If you look at how, uh, you know, we worry about dental care, right? And at this time, like, I mean, it costs $1,000. Let's say you need a root canal or a cavity. Yeah. 
I mean, it's really expensive. You look at healthcare, you know, getting checkups, especially now. If you don't have COVID-19, but you went in for a check because you thought, you know, you, you had a flu or whatever else you had. I mean, shit, man. How, how do you even pay those bills if the economy's closed? Yeah. You know, so UBI in that sense, hell yeah, it makes yeah, sense. People, and then people, the cost of living has gone up, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. During a time like this, groceries are freaking more expensive. Dairy, eggs, yeah, meat. Are people, you fucking kidding me? People are worried to put food on the table. They need that extra dollar. They need yeah. to stretch that extra dollar to to yeah. get that nourish. You know, those those things that feed their families. Isn't it crazy that the economy has gone down because people has decided that they are only going to buy what they need? <laughs> Isn't that crazy that the economy has been pushed into a recession? worldwide because people are only buying what they need mm-hmm. removing gluttony the, the discretionary income like buying stuff that they're not buying materialistic wants. stuff yeah they're just buying needs they're they're in the point basic where, needs isn't that crazy though that's fucking nuts it is that idea that you know now we're all just getting what we need the economy people are, are worrying about their survival it's sort of like you, you think like the world can't function really if you know people without are not greed buying, without greed yeah, without greed they're not buying two cars <laughs> you know the the world can't function three if you cars can't buy that extra house two three cars right that extra pair of shoes yeah clothing suits whatever mm-hmm. uh five watches <laughs> yeah <laughs> luxury brands and, yeah you know most of the stimulus i read that's you know it's going to like stores like walmart they're 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 doing really well in this environment and their competitors are not so walmart the walmarts the targets uh the costcos all the big box companies they're doing super well right all the uh again needs mm-hmm. needs yeah and that's what's pushing the economy into a recession slash depression you know, is that's that to me that idea is just fucking bonkers, man. It's just bonkers. It's a freaking twilight zone, you know. You know, to make the wheels turn, it's it's sort of like you just there's no way out of out of this like cycle. And then I think it's good. I think it's good, but let's just open up. Let's just start with. I, I like the idea. Let's buy what we need, but let's open up the economy. And let's get people start working again so that they have some funds to work. At least give them the option to work. We need to figure something out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, and you know, this has to, you know, this has to rest on the shoulders of the leaders that we elect. You know, that they're they are the ones. Like, they are, they're they're the one driving the ship. So if you close, I think it's their responsibility. If you are a leader, an elected leader, that means the people supported you to be in that position of power you're a thought leader as well let's not forget so if you're going to close the economy you need to figure out how these people are gonna make ends meet you need to figure out how mm-hmm. you you need to do something you cannot you cannot just say we're closed and and these are unprecedented times yeah I'm com- all right cool but fuck three months Four months? How long are we going to be closed for? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I get it. Let's keep people healthy. But hey, elected official, can you figure out how to get these people paid then? Yeah. 
Can you figure out how to keep a roof over this family's head and food on their table? At least give them the option. And then it's not like they're being lazy. So can you figure something out, please? You're in power. Like, you know, the first, the first thing to go to, go to is not only that. It's not only that. It's not only the jobs. This is like, it's a trickle effect. They, they're taking money from schools now. Schools. Schools doesn't, don't so, have enough So funding. with these budget cuts, the first thing to go is your children's future? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Well, The, the majo- first thing to go is your children's futures with these budget cuts? The majority of the, the funding is going towards big business. Loans for big businesses. <sighs> Man. You know, it's sort of like you think about, you know, they fucked up. They're, they're huge companies that don't pay taxes. They, they don't have enough funds or, or uh, funds to weather the storm and they need loans to not go into bankruptcy. Well, a lot of they them fucked did up. They stock up. buybacks and, mm, yeah, well, you know, because it wasn't cool. It's like, I get it. I get it from from a money sense, like from a business sense. From a capitalist not, standpoint, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not cool to just let your money sit there doing mm-hmm. nothing. Yep. Right, reinvested, reinvested. So, what's the quickest way to look like a good CEO? Right, because the, the whole point is to raise the stock price. So, how do you raise stock prices? What's the easiest way to raise stock prices? Mm. Stock buybacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Inflation. that's sort of like yeah, that's sort of like that's a Bitcoin avenue. Yeah, avenue right there. <laughs> you know, that's, that's uh, whatever. That's that stock right there. You know, so without actually having sales go up or business go up, it appears that way. At least to your shareholders. Yeah. So, and and then guess what? Stock price goes up. CEO gets a major, major, major kickback. Yep. You get a nice little bonus. Like little incentive, little parachute money there. They already have the parachute regardless. <laughs> golden you know, parachutes. You know, they already have a golden parachute, but it's just an additional incentive, an immediate one, you know, where if they hit those numbers, they get performance boosters. You mm. know, they can reward themselves really really generously yeah so but i'm not talking about them i get that game i get it man you're gonna do you know if it's i, I can't say that i wouldn't do the same right i mean if i i would be actually irresponsible of me if it's perfectly legal and i'm able to do something where uh to to raise the shareholders value then that's their job right right it's just yeah. that's the way it is in the business world um, so fine. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to judge the big corporations for that. I mean, it is what it is, man. Um, but what I'm saying with the officials, here's what we, uh, here's what I'm saying. We can't do. We cannot, we cannot take money from schools. It's already bad enough, but we cannot do that. We cannot, you know, we cannot take away our children's future. We cannot. That's just a bad plan. Invest less in, 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 into kids we can't do that we, we just we just can't it's already a detriment that they're not in school already <laughs> you know we cannot not, do that they're not in that learning environment right you know, it's and already then, a detriment to their growth. here's another thing we can't do we cannot shut down businesses and not find a way to put these people back to work mm-hmm. we cannot like we cannot and so i'm not saying that these elected officials are going to be super bright and figure it out what i'm saying is that you have the power to ask people who are super bright to be around you to help you figure it out. Mm-hmm. A team, a think tank. And then just figure out together how to get your town going or how to get your city going or how to get your state going, how to get 
your country going like you got a lot of smart people and let's work together i mean yes i know it's not that easy you know because people have other agendas and it's election season they're gonna try to you know there's their political games the little political games but at what cost man at what cost eventually we have to draw the line somewhere yeah you're dealing with people's lives so but going back going back to bitcoin you said you asked me for my prediction yeah okay i I didn't give it to you but i think i'm I'm hopeful but uh, i'm not I want to be realistic. So I think at the end of the year, because if, if this economy it doesn't get back on track, it's not going to blow up. So I, I think it's probably going to, I hope, 15000 for Bitcoin. That's a conservative estimate that I have. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've, we've seen it break 10000 mm-hmm. But by the end of the year, I hope, hopefully, I'm hopeful, yeah. 15000 How about you? I'm going to say because it's 2020, that it's gonna go over twenty thousand. Interesting. Yeah. That's a uh, okay. Yeah. People people will probably like push it. And people are the, gonna want a reason. Yeah. But Bitcoin doesn't have a fucking reason. That's the thing. You know, you can look at you know technical analysis charts all you want, and I get it. But a lot of time, Bitcoin all that goes out the door right now. It just fucking moves. You just get a couple of whales, and they move that. I mean, so yep. you know, I I don't know what these whales are gonna do, but what I you know, people are, there's going to be a certain appetite to make money for these wealthy people. Mm-hmm. They're not going to try to lose money in this fiscal year. It's a game. It's a numbers game. And they're going to want to keep their numbers up. If you look at any video game, you're going to want to win this video game. Yeah. So I think because of that, if I just take, if I think of it in that parallel where it's a video game and I think that these people think of this like a game. So there's no difference you're going to want to win. And if right now the money's just not there on the stock side, it's not there on the business side. You're, if you own businesses and it's down, a lot, a large part of your portfolio is down. And a couple of people come to you with a good idea. I think Bitcoin's going to go down a little bit. They're going to jump in. And then they're going to really wait. And then something's going to happen. I don't know what, I don't know the details, but I just think something's going to happen to push Bitcoin over twenty thousand dollars, and mm. I think it's gonna happen in a matter of weeks. Oh, really? You think it's gonna be like a, a spike instead oh, of a gradual? Man. No, I think it'll be gradual, but I'm, yeah. I think it's gonna—it's not gonna be overnight. Mm-hmm. But I think it's gonna be like within a week or two weeks. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna go where it's like just bonkers. It's like, for example, Bitcoin's gonna ten thousand, ten thousand five hundred, eleven thousand, eleven, twelve, thirteen, thirteen, and, and fourteen, it's gonna stay, 15, 12, 15, 16, 16, 17, 17, 18, It's going to stay 19, up there 19. steady for the rest of the year until then. Oh no, I think it's gonna fall off a cliff. Yeah. With anything else that goes up too high, well, too ge- fast. If it yeah, goes up too high, too fast, too fast, it will drop. It will drop. Generally, at the end of the year, people start selling off their their investments. That's you can see that in the stock market. And it just tanks. You see right. it like December comes along. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the earnings report comes out. It starts to dip. And then it, it rises in January. And, right, right. You know. Well, tax reasons. Yeah. I think, I, I'm telling you, I think I see Bitcoin. Just my prediction, man. Uh, I think Bitcoin is going to be over 20000 And And it, this is a hell of a prediction. I mm-hmm. think I think it's a lot easier to well, be conservative. I, you, because Bitcoin hasn't been moving for the past two Three, two, two and a half years. It hasn't had a huge run up. Right, it had a huge run down. Yeah, so it's been trampled, and everybody's been waiting for the next moon. Mm-hmm. You know, for the next moonshot. So, I think, I think it's gonna be twenty thousand. And I gotta tell you, I have no, I don't have Bitcoin. Mm. 
I don't own. You don't one, have skin in the game. I don't have skin in the game. Man. I don't have one Bitcoin. Um, I have skin in the game. But yeah. Not too. No, right. Not but if you were to ask me, I think Bitcoin's going to be over twenty thousand this year. I think. I think our, our predictions are pretty close in line. So we're yeah. both very conservative think, in the prediction numbers. Actually, so. this is not twenty thousand. I don't think it's conservative. Oh really? For oh. The, at, at the end of this year. End of this year. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 talking about look what we're That's, we're yeah, in. This is double. Yeah. I'm talking about in six months. The price of something is going to double. Mm. And I don't know, that's that's a really bullish, mm. you know, almost insane look at it. But we're talking about Bitcoin here, and we're talking when in year twenty twenty. So yeah, you Bit, know, we're talking about Bitcoin, and we're talking about what's the, up. Is, the, the what's time. left is right. What's right is left. Yeah. I mean, the world is you know the world is upside down right now. So yeah, so I see I, I see it going to twenty thousand this year, mm. end Great. of this year. It's gonna touch it, or come very close. It's just all I'm saying is gonna hit. Very close to all time highs. Okay, that's just my prediction. I like I like that bullish prediction. Yeah. Who knows? I might buy a. You know, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This whole crypto thing, man. I think it could go all the way down to like nothing too. You know, I don't know. It's, it's scary. I times. hope not. <laughs> I hope it's not. Scary times. You know, because like you can tax. You know, before if you couldn't, there was no tax on cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. Then I could I could see like hell yeah man if I get to keep all this profit, you know what I mean like I don't have to like take a a thirty whatever like if your tax rate is whatever thirty percent thirty five thirty eight whatever it is, right you don't have to take that cut. Wait a minute that's that was in the past but there, there, there's a tax now I, I didn't know. Yeah. That. Oh really? Yeah you have that was to re- recent right this year. You or? no it was the last year oh, I think okay. twenty seventeen mm-hmm. like what, that last bull run. The government was like, "Yo, yeah, yeah, I'm reporting this." Yeah, you taking profits and there's no tax yeah. revenue. Yeah, you guys no are reporting. Way. You guys are definitely reporting this. So that's why they're letting y'all have fun with it. Mm. You have people that buy Bitcoin. Government's like, "Go ahead," you know, as long as they get paid too. Oh, mm. yeah, they're not gonna let you have all the fun without them having some fun too. They got yeah. They make sure they get their cut. They gotta get the cut, man. You know? They got they gotta feed the U.S. Army, <laughs> you know. So yeah, man, I'm ready for a bullish 2020. Yeah, I we, can't we wait. We could use some like good news or something. I mean, yeah, love for people to make money out there. It's all good. Yeah, I'm just uh, waiting for everything to go back to normal and being, you know, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever well, there, that there is, it won't be a normal. Well, yeah. it won't be the same as before. It won't be the same. Yeah. But- some something similar to it, I I take it right now. Yeah, I mean to keep my mind right. Um, for recommendations this week, you know I've been dabbling into um, bourbon whiskey. Um, so I was uh, dabbling. I found this new whiskey, uh, Evan Williams. Okay, it's a single barrel vintage uh, bourbon whiskey, and I prefer bourbon over know scotch or irish whiskey no really yeah because i like the little sweetness wow. you know and this is a single barrel so it's been aged in one oak barrel for 10 years you drink it straight on the rocks or uh, do I you per- mix it like in a i prefer to, cocktail i prefer to no i don't mix it i, I drink it i drink it um oh, so you don't with make a little like a with a dabble of um of water to okay. open up the flavor yeah so i do like the sweetness of whiskey of bourbon so it has this vanilla notes. It's very smooth. Vanilla notes. Yeah, vanilla smooth. notes. Mm-hmm. It's very smooth. Um, it does have a little in the in the back end. It has a little you know harshness, kind of wake you up, 
make yeah. you feel like a man <laughs> that type of whiskey you're paying 25 to 30 bucks it's <laughs> a very strong chance you're gonna get that the initial that the entry level i mean the entry taste mm. is like okay but then the finish is going like i've had bur- i had bourbon that have been like 80 price point mm-hmm. but it's super harsh yeah but i think because it's a blend the more you blend it it's it's oh, like yeah. yeah um it's not as you know i don't know there's nothing like like uh like a nice scotch yeah scotch <laughs> i'm a scotch man mm. what? more than bourbon uh like easily for me i mean i'll take a good bourbon i'm not picky mm. but if i had to choose between the two I'm I'm definitely going with the yeah with the single malt scotch. Well, I also I also um I smoke cigars occasionally, mm-hmm. so it's great to pair something sweet mm-hmm. with a cigar. So, what's your recommendation? You you like Evan Williams? Evan Williams is this, is is there a certain uh, way you have it besides you know dropping the water? Like, do you pair it with anything? I don't I don't pair I don't pair it with anything. Um, I don't mix it. Mm-hmm. I I drink it straight up, but with a you know drop a little water here and there. Okay, yeah. Okay. So I recommend if you are just you know you know enjoying the the the, the sun, enjoying the outdoors. Um, if you have a deck, you have you know, uh, I think you you can definitely you know just relax. It, it does relax you. You know. How about yourself? Uh, What's going on? Well, I'm going to take it in a different direction, uh, more health conscious mm. kind of way. So uh, this quarantine you know most people think oh it's a great opportunity you have all this free time and the problem with that is it's easy to get in a rut a mental rut and because of that everything else follows the physical follows the mental right or sometimes vice versa so if if you don't really get yourself moving you know or you look you look at the exercise for example going into a workout I was planning to do a a five mile run, along with, you know, I wanted to do like uh, a lot of calisthenics with it, like body push ups and mm-hmm. and uh, lunges and squats and and burpees, along with my run. And when I thought about it all together, I was like, man, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it, I was like, that, that doesn't sound like fun to me anymore. And I talked myself out of it. And then the next day, it was easier to talk myself out of it again. So I got in a bit of a rut. Two days, I wasn't had no physical activity. I was just kind of just hanging out. And then, you know, I gave myself that little excuse because, you know, my back was a little sore. My lower back slept wrong. So I was like, you know what? You don't have to do anything. Then, then I said, you know what? Maybe I'm looking at it as something that's just too big to digest. Hmm. Why don't I just break it down? Why? You know, because working out is fun for me, but for some reason, I, you know, I, I gave myself this, you know, big task. It felt like a big task because of my sore back and, and I'm looking at everything I got to do and in and, and the workout. And I'm going, shit, man, it just feels like, like it's not going to be fun. So that's why I didn't do it. It was just so, e- it was just like a lot easier for me to talk myself out. So here's what I did. I just said, you know what, I'm just going to work out. I'm going to run without any set goal i'm not doing five miles i'm not running for an hour i'm just gonna run till i don't feel like it anymore Mm. the key for me is just to move so i don't feel like crap stay active that's it yeah that's it and let me tell you what happened so i so i just started running and i ended up i didn't do the full five miles but that was okay 
And but here's what I did. I started, I did more push-ups, I did more burpees, I did more squats, I did a lot more cardio uh that wasn't running, but I did, you know, a lot of kicks, punches, and whole all sorts of movements, and it was a lot of fun. I just did whatever was fun. And I got myself moving and I got the wheels turning. And it led me another the next day I was looking forward to it because I didn't have a set number that I need to hit to punish myself. And sometimes, some days, now since I've done that for the past week, sometimes I'll do more, sometimes I'll do less. But the key is that I'm consistent. I'm moving every day. That's the key. I'm moving every day. And because I'm moving, I'm, it's led a trickle effect where I'm not drinking at all. I haven't drank um, because I just, I just don't want to. I want to have enough energy the next day for whatever reason. I don't want anything that's not going to support that movement, right? And oh I, yeah, I've been eating healthier. Alcohol is detrimental to your to your body. <laughs> oh, for sure. It, it, there's, I mean, there's some people that can drink and work out. I know so many people like that. Yeah, but it does mess up your healing. Mm-hmm. It does mess up your muscle growth. Mm-hmm. So I want all of the residuals from working. I want all the benefits. I want the maximum benefits. I want to be able to heal faster, so I can do more. Uh, so, uh, I'm not saying I quit alcohol for good, but I'm just taking a, I'm taking a little break from it. Cause I think my relationship with alcohol just needs a little break right now because I have other goals that I think that are more important. Mm. So my recommendation is, Hey, you know, don't put this like insane task in front of you. If, if, if you ain't up for that and you can't move and you feel like you're stuck in a rut, just get moving, go for a walk, do a couple of stuff, maybe do 10 pushups, you know, just, just see what it's like. Maybe do 20 jumping jacks and see where that takes you. Go out for a walk, maybe go out for a jog and just say, I'm going to jog for five minutes and see what that does to me. And then take it from there. Just think about it one step at a time. I think when we look at the big picture, you know, where we're like, oh, it, it, you know, it's going to hurt. It's gonna, you know, it's just, it, it could turn us off, man. I think just do little things. Just do it every day. That's it. Just keep moving. Do You know, allow yourself some r- wiggle room to fail. But just do it every day. And if you do fail, don't feel bad, bad about it. Just get back on the horse and start again. Because, hey, guess what? You woke up and you're still alive. You're still moving. Your hands work. Your feet work. Your legs. Whatever you got, something still works. Use it. You're still healthy. You know. That's what I'm saying. So that's take it a day at a time, uh, a minute at a time. And uh, just keep moving forward towards something that will keep you healthy rather than staying still and allowing yourself to do nothing i think that's the worst part because you know it's not good for you and you feel guilty and you start feeling that defeat inside uh so just move even if it's a little bit mm-hmm. and i think that that kind of um you're, you're, you're turning that energy even if it's taking small steps like baby steps right you're taking that energy and you kind of it fuels you it's like momentum yeah. So you take that and it's going to grow. Yeah. And I'll say exactly, yeah. you know, the first couple of days, the first two, three days might, might be very challenging, but if you're able to get over that hump, the fourth day is going to be easier, fifth day easier. And as your body adjusts and it becomes easier, now you get to have fun with it, you know, cause your body already adjusted. Your, your body's a beautiful thing and it's going to adjust to whatever you're doing uh, mentally or physically. It will adjust and it will make it easier the second, third, fourth, fifth time around. Uh, so once you get there, uh, you, you can at least have some fun with it. Now it doesn't feel like torture. Uh, and then you can maybe challenge yourself even more, switch the workout around, you know, go look for something else that makes you uncomfortable and start small. And 
you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. That's awesome. Yep. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, we hope that you have a great, great week and the rest of your day. Stay safe out there. Lucky boys out.